It is time, the Anything But Quiet Time podcast with Rochelle and Carter. A very very special edition here today. Because we experienced, not so very long ago, Imelda. Mm -hmm. And Imelda, while be it maybe a wonderful person in your world, who unfortunately has the name that has been given to a storm that did quite a bit of damage, um, it it really wreaked havoc on the Houston area. Could I start with a joke that I saw just to just to try to get into Lighten talking the load about the lighten the load? Uh, somebody posted, uh, "Hey, Amelda, we need to know if you and Harvey have any kids." <laughs> and I was, and this is somebody that was going through it, you yeah. know. And I'm like, "That's okay. That's at least some sort of humor." And I think it's not just humor; it's the fact that people I know are bothered by it. Mm-hmm. But it didn't hold them back to doing amazing things that day. Yeah, like the lady with the taquitos. Yeah, here you go. This is what happened. One, I had a freezer full of taquitos that I really needed to get rid of. And two, we saw everybody. Uh, we live right there, so we saw everybody stranded down here. So I just want to come make sure everyone had food, water, and was taken care of. The bathroom. Yeah, they lived on on I ten on a highway that was flooded, yeah. uh, and people were stranded. So they just brought. What was in their freezer? Clearly, they were being interviewed right there in the area. You're hearing the helicopters flying over and the traffic situation. And Mary Lou and Yabin, they called in with KSBJ last week uh, and were sharing about how they were on that highway when she came by with the taquitos, but not just that, pizza rolls and Gatorade and granola bars, because that's what she had. And that's what she was able to do in that moment. So I guess I I wonder on in terms of doing what you can what about getting outside of a natural disaster? What about in our own world? I think, first of all, we think we always have to have to have the right thing to say. Mm-hmm. And we don't. We just, we should, if we're there, it, it, it's so much more than, so much powerful than just words. I so want to speak to this because uh-huh. this thought just came to me. People aren't necessarily ready to receive your aid unless they are in crisis mode. Mm. And they know that they're in crisis mode. Apart from Jesus Christ and even some of us who have a relationship with him, but have distanced ourselves in some way, whether, you know, we keep sinning and because we don't want to come to terms with it or, or whatever it is, you know, we don't recognize, I think, when we're in crisis mode until we recognize our need for Jesus. And so it's the same. It's like if somebody came by with a boat to rescue you and there's no water around, they don't recognize, well, I'm not in... I'm not in trouble. Right, right. But they recognize that they're in trouble when the floodwaters rise. And so I, I think there's definitely ways that we can reach out to the community and let them know about the love of Jesus Christ. And we have to find those ways of of being able to meet the need of where they're at. And they realize, I do need this. Well, you need supplies for your kids for school? We can help meet that need. KSBJ can do this Operation Backpack. We can meet the needs of people in the community. And in that moment, Jesus Jesus is glorified, right? But it's like until they recognize the need and until we recognize what is it that people need. Otherwise, if we're doing our ministry on our own terms, then, I mean, it's like, I, I don't need the boat right now. There's no water around me. So, so find where their water is. You're I'm- saying, uh, let's just take a co-worker, for example. Okay. You go to, you work with Clark and Clark doesn't believe in God, and you would love to be able to, you've kind of skirted conversations regarding that, and mm-hmm. he's not really open to it and even trying church or anything like that. So really, it's, it's is it waiting? Is that what you're saying? You wait until the right opportunity that, I mean, obviously praying, 
But in terms of how am I really going to get through to this guy, you wait for the opportunity to be able to help. If the Holy Spirit is not directing you to do something, then you are literally trying to push a square peg in a round hole. Mm. You are, as what it says in the Bible, casting pearls before swine. These beautiful, beautiful treasured items are being trampled on by this animal that the Jews considered the worst of all of them, right? It's an unclean animal. So they were trying to use that imagery to say that it's not, it's going to be falling on deaf ears. So I guess the point of this is you may be the person that God has positioned in this other person's life, literally, Mm -hmm. just to observe Jesus in action. They're watching you. They're watching how you live your life. So hopefully you're living it in a righteous way that glorifies and honors God because that may be a seed that gets planted, but maybe you're not the one that comes along and waters it or harvests it, right? To use the analogies from scripture about the harvest. So I, yeah, I think we would all love to see ourselves as the rescuer. She also think about the taquitos lady was not the one that rescued. She helped feed. Yeah. You know, maybe your help is, is um, you know, being like Satchel is this young man who was <laughs> completely abandoned at a hotel Completely sold out hotel, 30 hours, the only employee who could make it in. And he's like, listen, I'm not wearing my Captain America outfit, but I'm going to help meet the needs of these people that God has put in this establishment for me to be responsible for and and try to provide the best home kind of situation I can in the midst of this ugly situation. I'm repeating myself a lot. I hope I'm making sense. One one angle that I was very interested by in this, uh, Mike and Janet, they live in a town called Kingwood. And they got flooded for the second time uh, because it was a few months earlier. There was a flood, not named, just a quick rain that dropped a foot of water. And so they flood. They get it all cleaned up. They've been in for three or four weeks. And then here comes Imelda and they get flooded again. And this is what Mike had to say. Kind of numb. That's a good word for it, I guess. But it's stuff. It's just things that we have. But, you know, you work hard to try to provide and get it and then in a small amount of time, it just goes away. But uh, God's got a plan and don't know what it is yet, but he's got a plan and he'll come reveal that one of these days. There's two aspects of this that, uh, that I want to talk about. One is that I just love that he didn't need the details. Mm. We always want, it's natural. We want the details of, okay, what's the plan? Give me the plan. I'm going to reveal the plan one step at a time here. And this is what it is right now. Yeah. And the fact that he trusts that, I mean, that's true faith. I, I love that aspect. Another is that we discussed that there, and and not that we figured this out completely, but that we were kind of exploring this, that some people will say those floodwaters, that was the devil. That was mm. the devil doing that. And that's the devil with the floodwaters. And we had discussed that what I tend to lean more towards is that here's the flood that God allowed to happen. And Satan will creep in silently afterwards mm-hmm. and say, you know, just an example, let's say, let's say Mike and Janet, for example, this is, this is not their story or anything like that, but let's say that hypothetical, she, hypothetical, she had tried to get him to move. And after the first flood, he said, no, we're going to stay. And then this happens again. And I think this is where the enemy creeps in and says, you know, you should leave him. He's holding you down. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah. I think in the catastrophe, in the events that God has said, this is going to happen. Natural disasters are going to happen before yeah. the end of time. 
that Satan is using these things more than just the flood. It's the what happens afterwards and how am I going to handle it and what temptation is thrown at me. So here's an image. So who is the one who's in control of the wind and the rain and the waves? Mm. We know that's God. Yeah. But who can ride on the waters? The enemy. Mm. And he'll float right up next to your dock there with his boat. And if you let him, he'll anchor there. Yeah. He'll throw you the rope. And if you grab onto it, you pull him into that pier and now you got yourself a situation. That's kind of the imagery there. Uh, I also, my pastor shared that, you know, they visited Europe and were hugely warned about the pickpocket situation. Mm-hmm. And he said, just like, just like the pickpockets there in Europe who are so unbelievable at it, like they somehow distract you enough to be able to bump into you and now they've got your wallet, your possessions. The enemy usually is not about a big song and dance routine. Hey, now I'm going to terrorize you. Mm-hmm. It's subtle. It's sneaky. And he slides and slides right up next to you and just tries to get in. He tries to find a foothold. Mm. And I'm thinking, don't let him, when he throws you the rope, don't grab onto it and let him anchor there. No, move yeah. on, move on. Uh, because, yes, even though, um, even though those floodwaters can be devastating, you know, I grab onto the the thought in Scripture it shares that I will not let the waters overwhelm you. Well, maybe you feel like you're in that position. I am overwhelmed. The floodwaters have gone over me. I'm drowning. If you're hearing the sound of my voice, you're still with us. That means there's hope in Jesus Christ. That means that you have not let the waters, the waters have not taken you down. Hmm. So I, I think we have to cling to the truth of the matter and not the lies the enemy presents. No, you're you're defeated. You're over. No, you are not. In Jesus' name, you're not. And um, we share the story about Nehemiah on the air and and a precious coworker of ours whose house flooded this time. Actually, flooded during tax day. Mm-hmm. Was it? Well, no, May seventh. Oh, it was May. Okay, okay. So we had some rainfall in May, and it caused some flooding in Kingwood. His house was devastated then, and it was once again in Imelda. And we shared this story about Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah felt the Lord telling him, we got to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. Long story short, people are building this wall. They have no architectural degrees. I mean, they don't know what they're doing necessarily, but they have a mindset to do it. And just like Houstonians, whether or not we've ever mucked out a home before, we got out there and we did our job. And among the people is this guy named Baruch, the only one it mentions in helping to build the wall who did it eagerly. And this story really spoke to our friend and coworker. Uh, his wife shared that tears were streaming down his face because it's like the Lord was prompting his heart. Do it as unto me. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. You are not overwhelmed by these floodwaters. I have you. And I think those are the truths we have to speak into our lives, even if we're numb. What do I know? Let me speak that truth into my life. Mm, that's so good. It's so difficult um, with <clears throat> even personal storms and to remember that yeah, it and is. to remember that he's, he's in the moment, you know, Sherry actually shared uh, that God is in so many moments. God's in everything. He's in the rain that happened that we needed so desperately. He's in the birds that come to our yard that give us a smile. He's in the neighbor that brings over a cup of coffee because they've noticed they haven't seen us in the yard lately. Mm. I had a friend post on Facebook the other day. You have survived all of the impossible days 100%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's a way to go. Keep going. <laughs> 
That's true. You're right. Because how many times have you actually said words like, oh, this day is impossible, but you woke up for the next one? Hmm. You know, and that reminds me of a, a day that was pretty hard uh, the other day where there's all of a sudden, I don't know if it's because of the water or what, but there's this cat yeah. on my doorstep. Oh. And my wife is allergic to cats. We can't keep a cat. Oh, did you take it to a shelter? Well, you know what I decided to do? I just figured uh, this might be the best. Just cut out the middleman. I packed up that cat. I went a couple streets over, and I found the best home on the block, and I dropped it off right there on the doorstep. You mean you didn't know the person? You dropped it off the— Dropped it off, yeah. Carter, and, that's terrible. Well, here's the thing. Before I got home, I mean, uh, when, uh, when I got home, the cat was back. It had beaten me home. <laughs> well, it serves you right. Well— I decided to take it a few miles further. I went out of the greater Houston area. This isn't real. And I I found a home right there in the country. I'm like, you're great. You're going to be a little country cat. Okay. And I when, my, when I got home, it's like, you know, an hour from home. When I got home, the cat's there. Mm-hmm. Cat had beaten me home. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I've had it. I'm, I'm going to go way far away, two hours away. I zigzag. I'm going down dirt roads. I found this great home in the country. And I, I leave it. <clears throat> well, then I get lost and my service is not working very well. I, I can call, but I can't use my map. So I call my wife, Kelsey. I say, hey, is that uh, is that cat back at home? Mm. And she said, yeah, why? I said, put him on the phone. I need help with directions. You know what? The Houston SPCA. There was a zillion different avenues. Leave it to the professionals. Don't do what I did. No, I didn't even do that. Even it, was do a, that. it was a of joke. Of course it was a joke. I was like, <laughs> you get to Austin, you can't drive by an animal shelter with incredible people. This is a real issue, you jerk. <laughs>